Hello, I'm Molly Cooper and this is a Snapshot episode where we bring you inside scoops from the travel, design and creative spheres. It's the same Creator Spaces content, now in Coffee Break Conversations. Today we're talking all about colour theory and translating this into both commercial and residential interiors. And I'm delighted to welcome Francesca Rowan Plowden, who has brought the interiors at Elmy Nature Reserve, Battle Hall at Leeds Castle, and Goodliston Park to life. Francesca, welcome to Creative Spaces. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. And we're here, we're actually tucked up in Boys Hall, what a treat yeah, for us. By it's this lovely. Crackling wood fire on a crisp autumnal day. It's really quite lovely. Really lovely. Lovely colours as well, everywhere. A little bit womb like we were saying, but we're here for it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Never underestimate a womb colour. Love it. Now, before we get into colour theory and all the rest of it, I'd actually love to start with you and hear about your background. I know you've worked on some amazing projects. Well, um, yeah, no, I've been really fortunate to work in some really beautiful houses, most of which have been historical houses, although I um, have done sort of developments in London and things as well. But mm. Um, I, I trained as an actress. Um, uh-huh. I didn't, uh, I always feel a bit of an imposter syndrome coming on, but I, I didn't train as an interior designer, I trained as an actress. No so I went to Lambda in London and I did, uh, you know, full three, four years of course there. Gosh. And um, and I basically, you know, trained as an actress, went off to be an actress. And after the birth of my second son, I saw a little advert in the back of the Sunday Times newspaper yeah. in the property section which was advertising for a custodian of Lamb House in Rye, the National Trust property. Yeah. And um, they wanted a tenant, and we were just living like a two-up-two-down cottage mm-hmm. in Teddington, and they wanted a tenant that um, had literary connections. Yeah. Um, although I wasn't technically literary-ish. Theatre darling. Yeah, theatre darling. <laughs> Henry James read sort of novels and, yeah. and plays. Yes. Um, and as I applied, and it was a bit like applying for the X Factor. So, it was, you know, I just I had to write this sort of essay about why I liked Henry James and blah, blah, blah. And then they phoned me up and I, I just had a C-section. So I was sort of just lying in bed yeah. reading all this stuff about E.F. Benson and Henry James. And then they say... you. 180 people have applied you're down to the final 12 you're down mm. to you know I was like oh god and then eventually they said like it's between you and another fat couple yeah um can you come to Rye and I was like I can't really walk but I'll try <laughs> yeah. I'll hobble down I'll hobble down the cobbled streets yeah. and so we we went down and I was interviewed by these um the custodian and uh, not the custodians the curators and all the people at yeah. National Trust and on the on the way back I was basically got a phone call saying you've got the house and we had to break oh, our tenancy in London and moved to wow. moved down to Rye before yeah. the house reopened for the season. Okay. And so suddenly I was from this two up to down cottage, um, living in a, a sort of mm. small, stately in, in yeah. Rye, but nice manor house. Yeah. And I was in charge of the interiors. No way. Um, and opening up to the public. And I sort of inherited this team of 40 um, volunteers who, you know, we were the first family to live there since the 1700s. Yeah. And they were a bit horrified. Because there was like toys falling down the stairs, <laughs> dog poo in the garden, yeah. footballs in the bushes. And, um, but I was like, the National Trust is all about houses being lived in. And anyway, the, the, the quite a long story um, short, I, I uh, couldn't act because I had these two children and most mm-hmm. of my work was theatre work. Yeah. And 
Um, and people started to approach. Well, what happened is they put on a play in the garden, and the Telegraph turned up, and they said, "We hear that like these two actors have taken on. Can we write an article?" And I was yeah. like, "Well, yeah, as long as you advertise my play in the garden." <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Okay." And they said, "We really like what you know we've done in the house, and we, it was massively done on a budget. And we were we the house had three rooms open mm-hmm. to the public." Yeah. And then the rest of the house completely private. And we weren't allowed to touch the rooms over to the public, but we were allowed to decorate the rest of the house. And I said, well, your National Trust won't let you photograph the showrooms, but you can photograph the rooms Mm -hmm. that I've done. Ish, you know, loosely done. And it was in the Telegraph. And then another magazine said, can we come write an article about you living there and photograph your interiors? So wow. I was like, okay, as long as you mention my plays (laughs) (laughs) in the garden, they set up a theatre company by this point. And then it sort of snowballed. Um, and eventually someone turned around to me and said, will you do it at my house? I really like your interiors that I keep seeing in magazines. I was like, what? Will you come and watch my play? <laughs> will you watch the play? <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, because I wasn't earning any money. I mean, yeah. I was putting on the plays of God, but that wasn't earning a living. And so um, I started, I did one, um, uh, this gentleman had several cottages on a country mm. estate nearby. So I started doing his cottages. Yeah. Then I did some flats for him in London. Then somebody else, um, he had a flat in May 1st. That was quite interesting. Yeah. So then someone else said, oh, I'd like, could you do my flat in London? And the interiors, and I was like, and I've always loved interiors. Yeah. Um, my mum's a textile designer. So I've always been surrounded by mm. beautiful fabrics and things like that. But I was like, I didn't know, I was like, I'm not an interior designer. Yeah. And then I ended up being a single mum. And I went on a, a friend of mine said, there's this business course in Folkestone. And it was run by one of the guys from Dragon's Den. And it was free. It was funded mm-hmm. by Kent County Council. And I was, I went with my, my business plan on my theatre company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at it and there's like a hundred people and he had to stand up in this seminar room and like pitch your business, like yeah, Dragon's yeah. Den. And he was like, and I wanted to take it out of Lamb House and do it around the country and da da da. And he's like, that's never going to work. And I was like, right. And he was like, so what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a single mom. I had two kids at the time. And he said, well, how do you live? And I said, oh, yeah. I do it at people's houses. Ah. And he's like, well, what do you mean you do it at people's houses? And I was like, well, I do it at people's houses. And he said, do you have any pictures? I was like, yeah, 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 they're in magazines. <laughs> and he was like, he was what like, do you mean? Hmm, time to rethink, <laughs> Time to rethink. <laughs> like it was, I was having a really slow moment. Yeah. I was just so like not thinking about it. And so I took in the the magazines and yeah. he got all these people to, in the, the class. And they were doing all different, like, mm. you know, ingenious helmets and all sorts of weird yeah. businesses. And, and, um, and they all had to price my work. And I was like, and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't charge that much. I don't, I, like, I, I couldn't basically just do it for peanuts. Yeah. And he was like, well, I ha- you need to give up the theatre company, which yeah. you do one week in the summer yeah, uh, and, and actually focus on this. And I was like, okay. And really weirdly, it was like serendipity and, and you know, mm, stars star aligning. Um, I got a phone call saying, someone's recommended you. Um, we are doing up the stately home. Would you pitch for it? For the interior design. And I was like, and my friend, a friend from mine called Marcus mm-hmm. from McCarley and Crane and Rye, he also got the call. And I said, and she said, I've also spoken to, and Marcus and I were like, we've never done anything. Like yeah. This. So he said, well, we'll do it together. We'll pitch together. Mm. And we got it. And, no way. And so it, we t- had the whole renovation of Goodniston Park. It was a three-year job. Mm. It went from 15 bedrooms and two bathrooms to 12 ensuite bedrooms. And it's a five-star luxury. Yeah. Um, ho- ho- well, not hotel, but hospitality venue yeah. and everything mm-hmm. 
and then Leeds Castle came to the opening of that and then they mm. asked me to do that and then Elmley and so I've been doing it for like 10 years now yeah. so there's a very long answer <laughs> no, <laughs> I how I got into interior design but it was completely by um, default and serendipity yeah and um I know it was funny because there was like we had like this press launch yeah. of um Battle Hall and there was a a hotel journalist mm. and I had to sit next to her and I had to do this whole talk that day yeah. about what inspired me and everything and I was so nervous and that anyway the dinner we sat down I had a couple of glasses of wine and she said you know was where did you train and mm. I was like oh I didn't train I went to, well I did train I trained as an actress or whatever and then the next day I phoned my boyfriend and her husband and I said oh I think I've really messed up I've just <laughs> I've just said to a national newspaper that I didn't train, train. to do so, and she wrote this lovely review about how you could tell I was an interior designer because it wasn't formulaic and it had a sense of drama and oh. home and theatre to it. And it was obviously the, one of the nicest reviews. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to own up yeah. <laughs> from here on. Oh. That that's how, you know, that's how it happens. But that's so. so true. Everyone's always like, be your authentic self. And like, it shows. And, well, I yeah, think I it's also that. like when on Instagram and people send me lots of messages about how to get into new design, I'm like, I, you know, I, I'm not discrediting yeah. the places to train. Yeah. They're yeah, amazing. Yeah. And there's, you know, certain skills I have to employ other people to do because I mm. didn't train in doing them as part of the design practice but that's also like quite you know it's delegating mm. is a good thing but um but it's like actually if you just really like doing something yeah and someone's willing to pay you for it yeah then don't underestimate yourself Definitely. I think is kind of you know and yeah. actually it was a matter of sort of survival because I wasn't earning money and I was a single mum so it was like okay I'll just keep going with it and hopefully yeah people like what I do and actually it means you've had this really interesting way of doing it whereas most people do the theory and then they do the hands-on yeah whereas you've done it in reverse and I'll I can imagine you you know you like this room looking like this because it just feels right. Yeah. And then you go and you learn about the colour theory and the rest of it. Well, exactly. And, and you're and like, it, oh, that's why I was doing that. Exactly. Or, yeah. and, and I think with uh, with in the colour theory and interior design and everything, it's, um, and I suppose it's the acting training is when you mm. learn to be, you know, when you train as an actress or actor, you you have to observe people. Yeah. You have to understand people. And yeah. I think interiors is intrinsically about understanding people. Mm. And what people need, be it in, you know, somewhere like this, you know, a lovely hotel or be it in their own home. Yeah. And I suppose with training, sometimes it's very formulaic and there's right and wrongs. Mm. And I always say there's no right or wrongs in interiors. Yeah. It's entirely up to what what the purpose is of that building. Mm. Is it a hotel? Is it home? You know, what the, what the purpose is of, of that room? What yeah. do you want from that room? And that form, you know, informs what colours you choose, what mm. fabrics you choose, how you want it to feel. And that, and that's what I think the connection for me is with acting and interiors is it's about people. Yeah. And with colours particularly, um, I I like colourful interiors. Mm. I like I, more. I probably like colourful interiors more than I like colourful clothes. <laughs> yeah, it says the woman dressed in camel. In camel. But that was because I wanted to feel calm. And it's a really weird thing because I was really stressed this morning. Like, you know, I had a, a sign off school yesterday and I did and I had to yeah. make sure that was, everyone was getting picked up this afternoon. And I was like, you know, I'm going to talk about interiors. I should look really flamboyant and colourful. <laughs> Although it's a podcast, they're not going to see me. But, you know, I should, you know. And then yeah. I say, but actually, today I just feel like I need to be yeah. calm. Yeah. So I, I've worn calm and calm. You know, I love a bit of beige, <laughs> so I'm here for it. <laughs> but, but, but I've got the red lipstick, which is I always mm-hmm. say about red lipstick is it's like it's that instant pick-me-up. Um, yeah. Which is something I was chatting about the other day, which is... During the Second World War, um, there were uh, three things yeah. that boomed, yeah. um, which were chocolate, which mm. is understandable, yeah. 
uh, the cinema, which mm-hmm. I don't think would happen nowadays so much because you've got streaming got Netflix, and TV yeah. and everything, mm-hmm. and red lipstick because oh. um, women wanted, you know, it was wartime, it was oppressive, it was, you know, money was tight and everything, but they wanted to pick me up. So they buy red lipstick. No way. And it's one of the it boomed in the Second World War along oh. with chocolate cinema. And and I and I I do have the red lipstick theory, which yeah. is, you know, if you're feeling a bit rubbish, mm-hmm. a pale, withdrawn, yeah. tired, slap a bit of red lipstick on. Yeah. Well, especially this time of the year, exactly. take all the colour we can get. Yeah. And, then, and and I think that's the same with interiors now, mm. is that um I don't I don't really believe in trends. And especially when you're like in a, a lovely old building, isn't it? They're not gonna be the interior is not going to be determined by a trend. It's mm. got to suit the, the building yeah. and, again, the purpose of the, the, the building, as it were, if you want a nice, cosy room or whatever. Yeah. So colours are really important and how you bring that into interiors. Mm. Um, for example, red, we're in a red room right now, mm. is um, a really good room for dining, yes, kitchens, because it's said to stimulate you and um, ah. kind of activate the desire to eat as well. Really? Um, but also to like, it's stimulation. So that's why Coca-Cola and Virgin have red branding because it stimulates people. No way. Waiters and waitresses get, I think it's like 12 or 25, I can't remember the percentage, but they get a higher percentage of tips if they wear red. No. And footballers uh, perform better if they're wearing red really that's why red is such a popular color isn't it that thing that if you date someone and they're wearing a red sweater or something you're more likely to fancy them as well oh i've never tried that <laughs> <laughs> you're only telling me now, now? Yeah. i was thinking that I was just wearing the red lipstick i should have gone for the whole red look <laughs> <laughs> but, so and then yeah. and so and yellow yeah. so i have a yellow study office lovely because that is said to incite um creativity mm-hmm. and play and that is also i mean there is a science of color which um people do and i if, if i did, wasn't working and looking after four children i'd happily take a year off and go yeah. and you know do a, a, yeah. you know masters in color yeah. i don't know if that exists but yeah. but uh, in yellow is why lots of children's branding is yellow oh. um, it's like play-doh and things because it's meant to incite creativity oh. and play and, cre- and so if you're doing um an office or a playroom or a room that you want to be creative in mm. um let's say a studio or something then yellow is a really good color interesting it's funny because you grow up and you're always like yeah green and blue calming but you never really think about other colors maybe hmm. having their own things they bring like yellow and imagination i didn't know that no totally it's, it's said to make you more imaginative um blue is really good for bedrooms mm. Um, sometimes people find bed- blue bedrooms. I have friends say, I'm never having a blue bedroom. It's too cold. Mm. But in fact, it's really calming. Yeah. And that's why most uniforms are blue and um, navy because they um, uh, make people feel safe yeah. and they give a sense of authority. So if you have a blue room, it's said to make you feel cozy and safe. And, so true. And calm. And I, I suppose in the municipal sense that you use blue a lot and sort of. Um, there's, you know, what I call really bad hospital blue, but actually yeah. it's meant to calm people down yeah. and feel safe and secure. Um, and that's, yes, uniforms and navy. Wow. Um, red is, as I said, the, um, you know, food and everything, but also it's also um, sent to be really lucky. Mm. That's why the Chinese oh, yeah, have red on their little red envelopes. Mm-hmm. And historically, red was used. Um, particularly it's why it's a really good colour for historic houses. Yeah. Henry VIII was obsessed by mm. red. And that was because of the religious paintings that pre- happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and so he was like, I want red on the walls because it makes me look powerful and rich. 
and Queen Elizabeth I. I'm spurting um, facts at you. I love this. But Queen Elizabeth I, she loved red, partly because, you know, yeah. growing up and everything. But she wanted to wear red for her coronation and she wasn't allowed to because she had to look virginal. Oh. So she had all her ladies-in-waiting dress in red. Really? Yeah, so she, it looked, you know, rich and powerful, but yeah. then she looked virginal on the white and it also made her stand out more. Yeah, pop. Pop. She oh. was colour popping. She was colour popping before it was a thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to colour pop. So, yes, yeah, so it's, so it's the, the whole theory of colour and interiors, I think, is about um, people, essentially, yeah. and yeah. how they want to feel. So when I'm doing an interior, be it in a residential property or a commercial hotel or something, it's like, what's the purpose of this mm. remote? Is this a dining room? Yeah. Is this a bedroom? Is this, um, you know, if, if it's a family, what, what do you do in this room as a family? Yeah. What do you want to do? Like, what are yeah. you not doing in this yeah. room um, that's going to, you know, that you want to do in this room? Like, you know, if they say, oh, you know, the kids don't want to play in here. And it's like, well, yeah, it's a, it's kind of a grey, yeah. beige room. It's uninspiring. Yeah. They're not going to play. If you paint it yellow and then, and then you highlight that with fabric choices mm. and the colours that you use in the fabrics, then it, it kind of gives that sense of comfort or whatever purpose that room is. And it's sort of it's funny with the hotel projects I do. I get, often get a lot of messages going, "What was that color in the yeah, room I stayed in at yeah. Elmley or whatever?" And I think people are nervous about choosing colors. Yeah, I think it's I you know I look at a paint shot and get excited, um, but that's just the weird way that my brain works. Whereas I think a lot of people look at a paint shot and they go, "It's it's, it's too overwhelming." Like decision paralysis, like literally, yeah. it's too overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and they go, "But I'd really like my house to be more colourful, but I don't mm. know where to start." Yeah, and that is, um, I think that's with lots of people often not brave enough. Yeah, well, I mean, I just said that I love beige and my flat is so beige. But over the last few months, I've been so lucky to see all these amazing spaces. And suddenly I'm like, oh, maybe I want a statement womb room too. Or like, (laughs) maybe I want a bright green bonquette in my dining area. And then I'm like, oh, it feels like that commitment that you're committing. It's much harder to change a wall colour than yeah maybe i mean I, I think i think if, if, if you're wanting to bring more color into your home yeah. it's always good to start off with like cushions and things yeah. or to ch- or something that's not you know too roomy and and it's like a pale yellow or a pale, you yeah. know so you, or um a soft green or something yeah um so it's not it's a kind of a veer i always think setting plaster by farinball which is mm-hmm. basically the color of setting plaster yeah is a really good way of introducing colour okay. because it's a soft pink, so it's mm-hmm. a bit of colour, but it's it's almost kind of just slightly kilter of a neutral. Okay. And with that, and it pretty much goes with any colour. Yeah, oh, I think that's so interesting. I guess the other thing you kind of touched on then was this, going back to Henry VIII, it's yeah. like this commitment, not only will I change my mind, but will trends change and decorating for like a certain moment in time. Yeah. How does like this whole colour theory relate back to like bigger <coughs> shifts in like literally preferences? Like pink is I in, think, pink is out. I think, well, I think it's fashion and interiors are very mm, cyclical. Yeah. And um, normally one determines the other. Yeah. And normally it's the fashion that comes first. Mm-hmm. So whatever the fashion houses bring out. So if they're bringing out big florals or whatever, about a year later, it will come out in interiors fabrics. Yeah. And... There, so there, there are trends in the sense that, but they kind of keep, they go round in circles. So you will, you might be out of fashion for a bit, but it will come back. Mm, yeah, <laughs> you just hold it, hold it in there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, I, I, my theory is um, that I think when times are difficult, which obviously you know the world is sort of, 
it's kind of struggling to spin at the moment, yeah. if you know what I mean. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know when you get a globe, what's it called? And the kind of semi-circuit, it's like the axis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you spin it and it spins around. You're like, oh, it's really... And then sometimes you spin it and it just doesn't, doesn't spin. spin. Yeah, it kind stuck. of feels like yeah. that. Mm. And I think when, the, when people are feeling austerity and insecurity and just kind of unease in mm-hmm. the in the world a bit they yeah. they return to things that are nostalgic and yeah. color historically is quite nostalgic uh. so post-war um everything's quite you know especially the art deck it was they had the art deck and it was all really ornate yeah. and lots of glitz and then it got just went really down and it was just brutalist you know concrete and architecture yeah. and then post-war people like in the 50s they started bringing all these crazy kitsch yeah. prints and yeah. colors and fabrics and crazy kitchens and you know laminate doors and orange and pink and all this stuff and then that went on into the 60s and 70s and the 80s was just like an explosion of that mm. it just built and built and then the 90s it all just got paired back everyone was so like true. you don't want to show wealth you don't want to show this you yeah. don't want to be that we're all going to wear calvin klein kind of style <laughs> slick dresses yeah no like no color yeah everyone's going to look grunge or heroin chic mm. or whatever it was yeah and it's going to be buddhas and beige and gray <laughs> and, beige. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like everyone's going to calm down yeah and then it was sort of like that through the 2000s as well, you know, 50 shades of grey. And, you know, oh, yeah. there was a play at the National and the opening scene is like all these different variable colours of different pages. And they're like, and the husband's going, I can't remember what the play was. It was brilliant. But the husband's going, I literally can't tell the difference between these different paint colours. And that was kind of it. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, no, this is Elephant's Breath. And this is Wimble yeah. White. And they're like, Bone. what? Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> and, and now we've, so we've had that kind of calming mm. sort of era. And then we're like, no, 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 that is not, I'm not feeling comforted anymore. Yeah. And suddenly there's tassels on everything. There's yeah. swags on curtains, there's pelmets again. And we're going, yeah. actually, the 70s and 80s was quite fun. Yeah. And it made us feel much better about all the rubbish that was happening yeah. in the world. And yeah. we wanted to look colourful and wear gold mm. bangles, you know, and, all, and the fashion's going back to, you know, yeah. like I was, you know, looking at like my kids' um, girlfriend's outfits. And I was like, you're kind of wearing what up. What like well, I wasn't a teenager in the eighties, but I was like, you're wearing high waisted yeah. jeans and metal crop bomber jackets, yeah. and you've got big hair and big gold hoops. You look like nineteen eighty six. Yeah, <laughs> they haven't quite got the perm yet, but that'll probably come back. It's coming back. It's yeah. going to come back. And I'm like, and then the same with interiors. I was thinking, where was I? There was a, you know, this, you know, for ages we didn't do pelmets, and then suddenly there's pelmets mm, on curtains again, yeah. and there's swags and tassels and fringing, and all these mix of prints and chintz yeah. and i think it is just the fact that we kind of go i want to feel warm the mm. color's back you know i yeah. want to have a nice you know loads of houses have got loads of color people are actually being braver than yeah. they used to be and you i suppose you still have the scandy chic look as mm. well and that's the sense i think that's very much tied in with the trend for wellness at the mm. moment so i'm not yeah. saying that still doesn't exist yeah. but even that there's a lot more luxury in it than Definitely. it was before. You've got all the fur and the, you know, the yeah. boucle and the mm. sheepskin and all that yeah. stuff. Boucle is massive. Oh, it's having a moment, isn't it? I actually I, wore a boucle coat here today. Did you? Yeah. I mean, I, I love a boucle. Don't get me wrong. But I took I went to design week and everything was boucle. Yeah. And I was like, I've got two dogs and four children. 
And yeah. like a lot of my clients have dogs and children. No way is that staying there's, beige. You, 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 there's yeah. no way that white sofa. It's like yeah. it's for like single people with no kids, animals. Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> with no kids or anything. It's sort of, yeah. But it's but it but it is a, but it's a way of adding texture mm. into a neutral. Yeah. And I think it's the texture that's really interesting with the more neutral schemes and sheepskins and definitely. Um, you know, kind of there is quite a lot of velvet and things yeah. like that, even if it's a colour scene. Mm-hmm. But with the, the more opulent interiors, it's it's everywhere because it's yeah. sort of. And do you think that's kind of linked back to COVID? Everyone was actually at home, yeah, like I way think, more than they were. And they were like, actually, I want to do something with this house. I've not really done much. I think maybe. it made people, um, I mean, yes, definitely. There was there was so much um, emphasis on home. Mm. And, and actually a lot of companies, although a lot of people suffered financially in COVID, a lot of companies did very well, especially yeah. the homeware companies, because yeah. people were suddenly ordering paint yeah, and sofas yeah. and things like mm. that and you know working from home they were all doing up their yeah. offices and mm-hmm. there was a new space and I think people did suddenly go actually I've, I've been neglecting this part of mm. life yeah. and me yeah because most people they just go to work they go home they sit on the sofa they have their dinner and they cut it's nice mm. whereas like when everyone was like actually this is and so people who weren't necessarily interested in interiors yeah. became more interested in interiors yeah. and I certainly saw it on Instagram it was so much more content and mm-hmm. home renovations and home makeovers and, and and that sort of trend to follow people who were doing that as well and I think that it's definitely come from COVID and wanting that like with the charity wanting that safe space to yeah. be in so that you know when you are at home you have got a haven which you can lock yourself away from the rest of the world mm-hmm. if you choose to turn on the tv or not you know yeah, exactly. it's up to you but you've yeah. got a lovely lovely space to come back to the the day. some cushions and color yeah. to, to make you feel better but i think and i don't think that's going to go away mm. no the I working think... week for most people is sort of sp- split quite a lot now yeah um and I don't think I just don't think it's going to go away. I think the home is going to become more and more important. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. And for anyone who's listening in now and they're thinking, oh, yeah, I actually do want to do something with my home or maybe they've just moved. What are some really good like hands on practical tips for like getting started? If you're thinking about colour, if you're feeling overwhelmed by those colour palettes, where can people well, start? One thing, with, if you're wanting to be more um, adventurous of colour, one of the things I'd recommend is you just get a piece of A4 paper. Mm-hmm. You know, get your sample pot, you paint the A4 piece of paper, just print paper, it doesn't have to be yeah. like special artist paper, and you literally pin it around the room that you're planning on painting in different lights, different times okay. of the day. Mm-hmm. It will reassure you because you'll get, oh, that looks really nice when the the, the, the the sun in the east comes across like that. Yeah. Or, oh, that looks really cold. Yeah. Because a lot of people, you know, they, they commit to the room and then they go, actually, at night time, it's really hot, really mm-hmm. austere or whatever. So that's a, a practical tip for painting. Just move it around, and then yep. you're not committing to like painting okay. on the wall. Um, it's I always start with a piece of fabric. Mm. So if they've got a particular cushion, okay, or some curtains that you know their mum's given them, or yeah. something, or a picture, yeah. even a picture, but yeah. a print or something, is a really good color um, reference Interesting. and work. Because I think also if you sometimes if you commit to the paint color straight away, then you go, mm. okay, I painted this room. Yeah red mm-hmm. i have no idea what i'm going to put in it and then it can kind of go a bit disastrously yeah. wrong mm-hmm. whereas if you let's say you start with a, a piece of fabric even if it's like a keelum cushion or something you've got so mm-hmm. many different colors in there that actually you can go a bit neutral or you could go really yeah. bold but it's going to all bring it together and if you keep that that piece of fabric cushion or picture or whatever it is as a color reference as your reference throughout your interior yeah. it's you're not really going to go wrong because yeah. that's like your sort of template of what you're going to stick to mm-hmm. um 
And then I think the main thing is also, it's like, what do you want from that room? It's like what I said at the beginning. It's like, what's, what's, what purpose does that room serve to you? Is it yeah. where you're going to sleep and relax and forget the rest of the day? Is it where you're going to entertain? Is it going to be where you just sit and watch TV? You know, have you got a fire in it? Does you, Do you want it to feel really cosy or mm. do you want it to be light and airy because you're working in there? Um, you know, have a yellow one if it's an office in study. So it's kind of like work out what you want. Mm. It's a bit like having a relationship. Okay. You work out what you want from it. <laughs> and what whenever you like look at it and then you work backwards from that and then you kind of achieve, you know, you I work towards that. it. Okay. You know, you've got to have a relationship with your home. Yeah. It's like one of the biggest relationships and probably one of the biggest expenses, whether oh, you're renting yeah. or buying, that you're ever gonna spend money on. Yeah. So you've got to enjoy it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I've never thought of that like that. That's no, it. so interesting. <laughs> Think about what you want from it, and then go get that red sweater out. And... Yeah, go and get your red sweater, and your red lipstick. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, you know, if you want your soft sheepskin rug or whatever it is, <laughs> your big play. You know? play. <laughs> but it is. It's what it's. You know, homes are about people, um, mm. and everything fundamentally, isn't it? Whether it's good or bad, is about people mm-hmm. and how. And so. I think if you if you neglect your home, you're slightly neglecting a bit of yourself. Yeah, and that doesn't mean you have to spend loads of money. Yeah. And they're like companies like Dunelm and and you know the supermarket. You can get great stuff. Yeah, that aren't breaking the bank. Mm-hmm. And literally, you know, just a, like a cushion for twelve pounds. Yeah. can like transform your bed. Exactly. And you yeah. go, oh, I really love that cushion. Yeah. And it's also like a treat to yourself. Like yeah. it's the lipstick. It's lipstick. You know, in textile form. In textile form. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it's been such a pleasure chatting. I'm feeling very inspired to go and paint my beige flat now. Yes. <laughs> Please send me pictures. I will do. Yeah. Before we do go, I do have a little closing tradition of a quick fire round. Okay. So these are all interior Z design themed. Okay. So let's give it a while, shall okay, we? Okay, cool. Yeah. What is one interiors trend from the past that you would like to see back? Oh, one and two is trends in the past. I, I do like panelling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's craftsmanship as well. Craftsmanship. I think that's probably the, the, the trend would be craftsmanship. Mm. I think we underestimate craft nowadays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's so many skilled people out there. Yeah, I love that. And we should yeah. champion them. Yeah, really should. Okay. And what is one piece of furniture that everyone should invest in? A really good statement chair. I personally would go for a nice jewel colour velvet or a lovely leather club chair. Oh, lovely. You want that. it to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but a bit of luxury would be mm-hmm. nice. But it's that's a statement chair will turn a room around. Okay. And then what's your favourite room to create or reimagine? Um I think it's a room that a family spend time in. Mm. I was, I was going to say bedroom because I think that's really important for your sense of peace of mind at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it's also where you start your day and end your day. Yeah. But probably because my life is very family orientated at the moment. <laughs> Maybe the, my old self pre-kids might have said my bedroom. Yeah. But, but I think actually it's where you where you spend time with your family. Okay. Because everybody has got to, you've got to all enjoy that space yeah, together. definitely. Okay. And what's your go-to paint colour? I think it's going to have to be setting plaster. And it's the one and only. <laughs> the one and only. Other, other paint colours are available. Yeah. But um, it is, it's fail safe. Bedroom, yeah. hallway, kitchen, office. Yeah. Whack a bit of setting plaster. plaster. There, maybe there's a reason that plaster was made that colour in the first place. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know the chemical compound of it, but <laughs> it's a really good colour. <laughs> I love it. And then finally, are there any design icons who have really influenced you and your style? In interiors. 
Poor fashion. Whatever you want. Um, funny enough, I would probably say Coco Chanel. Mm. And although she's quite monochrome, yeah. But I, what I, I've read quite a lot about her, and and I think she was a pioneer in women in design, yeah. which I like to champion a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, 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 there are a lot of women in design. There's not a lot of women in architecture and construction. Not yeah. as many as there should be. Mm-hmm. And she, and then especially in the time that she she sort of you know built her business, it was a very dominated world. Yeah. Um, so that and that was, she just had her own style. Yeah. And that was it. And people happened to love it. And she made an amazing brand out of yeah. it. And although her clothes, her interiors are very interesting. She'd use colour and, you know, yeah. beautiful chinoiserie and all sorts of things like that. But I think as a, a person per se in design, mm-hmm. it would have to be her. That's brilliant. That was a lovely answer to end on. Thank, oh, you, thank you so much for talking to oh, me. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you so much. Wow, Francesca, you're an absolute queen. That was so fun to record. And I'm feeling incredibly inspired to go and paint all the walls in my very beige flat. If you enjoyed listening as ever, please do hit that follow button or leave a review. It really means a lot and keeps the podcast going. And I'm super excited to share that come January, I'll be kicking off the first ever Curator Spaces mini season, the London edition, with top spots to stay, work and play around the city. We've got some incredible spaces lined up and I can't wait to share their stories with you. But we still have a few more episodes to wrap up 2023 with, so I will see you next time for more Curator Spaces. 